Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you're listening to a brand new episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And this week, we're bringing you our review of The Northman, plus covering off all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. Now, in The Northman, which we're covering off today, it follows young Prince Amleth, who flees his island kingdom home after his father is brutally murdered and his mother kidnapped by his uncle. 20 years later, Amleth is a ruthless Viking berserker raiding villages when Osiris reminds him of his vow to avenge his father, save his mother and kill his uncle. The Northman is directed by Robert Eggers, whose previous films include The Witch and The Lighthouse, from a screenplay by Sean, who did Lamb. Mm, I yeah, loved that movie. We loved movie. that film, yeah. yeah. And Eggers himself. The movie stars Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Class Bang, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe. Now, my husband took me aside <laughs> after our last episode <laughs> where I mispronounced uh, Bill Skarsgård's I did it again. Bill oh, Skarsgård. Please, please don't come for us, Ollie. <laughs> Apparently you don't say the D on the end. Okay. Well, look, we're learning something new every day. There you go. There we go. Well, very good pronunciation. Thank I'm sure you. Ollie will be impressed. Now, Robert Eggers, are you a fan of his filmography? Let's maybe start there. Look, I haven't seen The Witch. Okay, I've, I've watched half of it. Okay. It's on my list. Yeah. Um, the Lighthouse, I have seen. Yes. Very interesting. He's, he's a <laughs> to unique. Say the least. <laughs> he's a unique filmmaker, and I en- I do enjoy his work. Yeah, look, what I admire most about him as a filmmaker, mm. his filmography is very small, but he fully commits and immerses yeah. himself in telling this story. And he set out to make the most historically accurate and grounded Viking film that's ever been made. Did you know much about Viking 
lore or whatever it's called, that mythology, all that stuff? Look, I do know a little bit being married to a Norwegian. I hear mm. bits and pieces. I have have been interested in that, definitely. Mm. This is a familiar tale too. Let's yes. start off by saying that, you know, the banished heir who flees after his uncle kills his father and, mm. and well, doesn't steal his mother. That doesn't happen in The Lion King, does it? <laughs> oh, I'd like to see that version. It's very Lion King, sure. which was also based on Hamlet. And mm. Hamlet is actually directly inspired by the story of Amleth. Is it really? It is. Okay. And it almost sounds like it. Hamlet, Amleth. Hamlet, well, see, Amleth. I actually thought that his name was Hamlet because I was mishearing it right. in, in the film. Mm. Obviously, learned later on that it wasn't mm. after opening my ear holes a little more. But just to build on mm. your take on the story, like, I was surprised how contained of a story it was. Yeah. I went in with not many preconceived notions. I thought we might have got like this big historical sweeping Viking story that covers, you know, a long period of time about politics and whatever. But in its simplest form was about one man's revenge. That's it, really. Mm. Yeah. And Amleth, as I said, was a real literary figure. He was the Prince of Denmark, as Hamlet was, Prince of Denmark. Mm -hmm. The story is based on wider Icelandic sagas and North mythology. You mm. say it was a contained story, uh, mm. but they really worked hard because this is a, like the Viking era goes on for like years and years yeah. and years. Yeah, so it's hard to pick where to place this film. Yeah. I, I think, is it like 10th century sort of It's the 10th thing? century. It opens yeah. in AD 895 and right. then 20 years pass when he becomes an adult. Mm. So it follows like a 20-year period, yeah. I suppose. So ultimately the story is based on Icelandic sagas and Norse mm. mythology and they cherry-pick elements to create a blend here because, mm. you know, the legendary sagas of the Vikings have things like monsters and dragons and so they've, they've taken little bits of that without the monsters and the mm. dragons but mm. there's still that fantasy element that Eggers really likes to incorporate in his work. And I don't know whether it was my lack of understanding and knowledge about Viking culture but the supernatural element of this movie was really fascinating for me and I wasn't mm. expecting it. And I loved that it was there, but it played out as if it was real to the characters. And so we had to accept it as real uh, within the context of this story playing out. And this is Egger's biggest film to date, it's worth noting. Gosh, yeah. And it's his most mainstream, right? Although it still is distinctly his style. And by that, I mean, you know, it's got the fantastical elements. It's got the long holding shots, very oh. visually stunning. Yes, please. A lot of black and white. Yeah, and he doesn't shy away from the brutality and the grittiness of things. Yes. You know, so many of the rituals that we encountered in this movie... I found quite confronting. I was really fascinated by it. It didn't shy away mm. from much. The elaborate customs of the people, it was really, really interesting. Egger's signature style is is horror, basically, at its mm. most basic element. Mm. And he has a unique approach to horror, blending the mythology and the history in ways that can be interpreted as either really happening or, you know, just a character's state of mind. You know, those fantastical elements, you sort of think, oh, is this really like magical and mythical or is it just inside someone's head? They're having a vision or something. Yeah, I interpreted it as the latter, that, it, the vision. that they were having a vision mm -hmm. rather than that they were completely unhinged. It, it, was, it was believe it was tangible, it was visceral for them and therefore mm -hmm. visceral for us as, as the viewer. There's so much symbolism too. Mm -hmm. So many visually stunning shots that just draw you into this world. And it's it's compelling because there's so much to take in in every shot of an Eggers film, even if it is a bit 
weird sometimes. I had some <laughs> chuckles happening in the cinema that I was sitting in. Uh, like, because you feel a little uncomfortable at times yeah. based on what is actually happening in front of you. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. But that is that is the point. Yes, and that is the point of him as a filmmaker. He wants he, does, he doesn't shy away from anything. He wants to show you warts and all, I guess. Mm. And what a rich tapestry of culture to lean into with the Vikings in this film to absolutely tap into that um, yeah. into that approach. Another interesting point just on the mythology and the world building is that the historians working on the Northmen have actually said it's the most accurate depiction of the Viking Age that they've ever seen. Wow. I mean, I'm no Viking expert, but it was pretty damn cool. It was cool. I mean, look, yeah, I'm no Viking expert either, but I guess from our vantage point, how immersive it was and believable it was, I guess, is a testament to that accuracy and having the backing of historians within that world. That's pretty cool. And I'm sure... Eggers is pretty stoked with that outcome. And the stunning locations. My God. One word, Iceland. Yes. Honestly. Which wasn't used as much as they wanted it to be in the film. It was meant to be sort of half filmed in Iceland and half filmed in Ireland. Okay. Sort of where Game of Thrones was filmed mostly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But COVID restrictions shut down the production Mm. for a little while and they were forced to continue mostly in Ireland where they'd already started building sets and already started working. Right, yeah. Still gorgeous though. Still amazing. Mm. I loved when they went to Iceland and, you know, just to build on something you mentioned before, like the cinematography in this movie is exceptional. Yeah. And I am such a sucker for those long shots. There's a lot of single take shots in this movie that fully immerse you and are an insane feat of filmmaking, all the choreography involved, all the different departments. And you know they shot this film with one camera? Yeah, single camera. Single camera film, which blows my mind considering the scope and scale and budget. Insane. Yeah, it's a $90 million budget. It's a huge film for a Robert Eggers film. Godness. Godness. (laughs) Goodness. And he also, this is surprising to me, he also Mm. relinquished Final Cut on the film to be able to get it made. Which is weird for a Robert Eggers film because he is so particular about how he wants his films to look. I find that fascinating that he took away that power as Mm. a director, especially someone like Eggers. Do you think that led to like a watered down Robert Eggers film? Because this is very different to the other styles of films that he's made, but it also really definitely has his flavour to it. I don't know if it's watered down. Uh, maybe there's another expression that would make more sense to me, but what do you what do you mean then? More accessible to a wider audience. Maybe, but I actually think that's what he was trying to do at the same time. Right. Mm. I wonder though, there there is there is a small criticism I do have with this, and mm-hmm. maybe it leads from the fact that he didn't get final cut. But I did find the film just a tad too long. Yeah. Which affected the pacing and I think the impact of the story as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just a few weird pacing issues where I thought the story could just, you know, hop, skip and a jump just a little quicker. Yeah. And we could bridge that gap here and there. How did you feel about the pacing? While we're on that topic, I think there was a bit of character development lacking in some of the supporting characters. Yeah. You know, Prince Amleth, Alexander Skarsgård, fantastic. He mm. did a great job. And, you know, it's worth noting that he's been trying to make a movie about Vikings for like years. Yeah. Um, he's obviously from Stockholm in Sweden and he grew up surrounded by the mythology. He'd been trying to get this made for a really long time and mm. then he he got Eggers on board and that's how it all came to fruition. So I think you can feel the passion for the project Goodness, through yeah. his performance. Oh, you can't. Can, can we talk about his performance yeah, now? Let's go for it. Literally, the thing that stood out most for me was his 
insane physicality. Yeah. Just the animalistic nature of mm. his performance. He was hunched over and fucking hell, he was big. He yeah. was huge. Just on the hunched over thing, I did wonder about things like that, like all the grunting and all the spitting. There and all was the, so much grunting like, in this movie. All the toxic masculinity, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, fair enough. Vikings were brutal. Like the word berserker conjures images of just like violence yeah. and blood and gore and just ugh, raping and pillaging. Yeah. Um, mm. But I just wondered about the whole walking like an ape or like you mm. know what I mean? Like yeah, what was it? It's a performance choice. Yeah, to me it felt a little off-putting, but I think it's it's a performance choice. Well, I've actually got a small quote from Alexander mm. talking about the the character. So he goes. Say his last name. (laughs) I didn't dare say his last name. No, go on. He says, the Vikings believed that some people had a spirit animal living within them that would manifest itself on occasion in different ways. So he says that for women, it was often a sea creature, but for men, it was a fox or a wolf or a bear. And in Amleth's case, it's both wolf and bear because he refers to himself as Beowulf at one point in the film, doesn't he? Yeah. So before the big raid on the Slav village, we watch him take on the strength and ferocity of a bear. You know, that ritual by the fire, which Mm. is pretty fucking intense combined with the agility and and nimbleness of a wolf. So I thought that was important to share based on your take on his physicality. Yeah. Now that you say that, it does Mm. make me look at it a little differently. Yeah. But I just wanted to like, Give him a shoulder massage. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to come up behind him and crack his back and be like, hey, just stand up straight, mate. It's all good. Get on the foam roller. Come lie down. <laughs> Get on the foam roller. Oh, dear. Let's talk about Anya Taylor-Joy, yes. who is expectedly captivating. She's wonderful. She's um, enchanting. Although I think really underutilized in this film. Yeah, I liked that her character built and built over time. She plays Olga of the Birch mm. Forest is her mm. character. I loved her... And Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> okay, there we go. We've done it. I love them as being a formidable pair, like yeah. working together for their own benefit yeah. but, and, and their sort of love story that developed. They, they had great chemistry, but yes. I agree she was underutilised yeah. from time to time. Kind of shoved to the sidelines towards the end. And yeah. you, you've got all this great build-up, as you said, with mm-hmm. the relationship and yes. with her character and all these little tidbits that they reveal about her and you think, oh, yeah, I want to see more of that. Yeah. But ultimately it's Amleth Alexander's story. Exactly. It has to come back to that core part of the film. Shall we talk about your wife for a minute? <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Yes. You're going to hate me. Uh, no, go on. I, I'm all ears. I'm just Can you just keep your distance for a second while we, I say this? I think we're a safe distance at this moment okay, in time. Okay, great. Watch out there. I think Nicole Kidman was completely miscast. Okay. I hear you. I, I can hear see you. the you, steam uh, coming uh, out you of your can, ears. <laughs> well, lucky I'm going to have to release my ears from the headphones. I'm not looking at Lee in the eyes right now as I'm contemplating my next thought. No, but I appreciate you sharing that with me. You look so uncomfortable <laughs> right now. I, and it pains me to say that. No, it really it, does. It's okay. Look, she's a fantastic actress, but sometimes she takes roles that don't quite work. My, yeah. Go, okay. Please, please elaborate, actually. I just think the accent didn't work and it hindered her performance. Something was hindering her performance, you know, and it pains me to say that. It really does. But I, I think part of what hindered her performance was she didn't really have much to do until quite far into the film. Wait a second. Are you agreeing with me? I am in a way. Oh, and my God. I'm, am I allowed to do that or mm. should I be absolutely steadfast? Yeah. Disloyal. I mean, this is how loyal 
I am to Nicole Kidd. Have I ever told you this story about me at the Arias? No. Which is an award, a music award show in Australia. It's like the Grammys of Australia, mm. if I if I can say that. And Keith Urban was the host of that year's award ceremony. Nicole Kidman was there. And I was there because I worked for the network that broadcast the yep. award ceremony. Your nemesis. And my nemesis. Keep your enemies closer. Uh, and I'd had a few beverageinos by that point. <laughs> and uh, my team were always teasing me about, oh, Nicole Kidman, she just walked past our seats and whatever. And I wouldn't believe them because it wasn't true. And then I got some liquid courage. And in between a, a, a break, mm. I just scr- I just shouted out in, in the fucking – place where they were filming i go i love your wife <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe i did it oh, was there a reaction from mr Irvin? there was no reaction <laughs> just everyone turning their necks to look at the guy who just exclaimed their love for his wife <laughs> the probably happens all the time well, for me yes <laughs> Anyway, Nicole, look. look uh, she looked the part. Her hair was yes. beautiful, flowing. She's tall. She's um, elegant. She mm-hmm. definitely has that queenly aura about her. Yes. But I just think anytime she had to deliver a line, I did not believe it. Yeah. I mean, the first time she actually opened her mouth to deliver a line, I was very jarred by the accent. Yeah. So I, t- I take on that criticism that you had but she did play a really unexpected pivotal role in the development of the plot and I loved that scene I thought she was really really good in that moment Mm. but there wasn't much else for her to work with yeah but I didn't see I didn't really believe that moment either because there wasn't much development around it yeah well there was no development no exactly yeah so fair back to my earlier point about the supporting characters not really being very well developed yeah I have to say though I am really impressed with class bang Yes. As the evil Uncle Fjolnir. Mm. I've never been a huge fan of his work. I haven't disliked it. I've just never really rated it. Mm. But he brought what could have been a flat villain to life with such nuance. Yeah, and depth. It could have been. It was screaming one-note villain, one-note character. But there was so much he offered to the script he was given and and the events that his character found himself in. Yeah. I was utterly captivated by his character mm. and the ultimate action that plays out between him and Amleth. But the climactic scene oh. is freaking incredible. Honestly, I mean I, talk about visually stunning. Oh, just the textures and the lighting and we yeah. we, don't, we won't say too much about it. There's some odd choices. Um yeah, <laughs> I can understand maybe the one or two odd choices they made. But they also shied away from said odd choice. And I thought if you're going to go there, let it, really, let it rip. Let it all hang out. Let it all hang out, so Literally. to speak. <laughs> so I was like, it, I don't know whether I was just being crass, but I was looking out for it. And I was like, oh, it's not there. Oh, well. Speaking of uh, letting it all <laughs> hang out, we're going to talk about the costumes or, or lack thereof. Yeah. I have to wonder, did they really spend so much time half naked in driving rain, freezing snow, howling and growling? Is, I mean, it must be accurate. The historians have said that it's really accurate, but I'm like, really? Well, if the historians said, if you're not going to, if you're going to have a big battle, mm. you'd want a bit more armor, surely. Well, see, that's probably why their life expectancy was so low. <laughs> True. <laughs> and the development of people within battle was armor got more and more more tactical. So I guess the Vikings just hadn't quite figured it out yet. <laughs> so they're True. all just you know nude, yeah, fighting nude, nude. I mean, it's it's not a not a negative for the film. It's a draw card, if you will, for some people. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that plays into the animalistic nature yeah. of, of the Viking True. culture and characters, as Alex 
you know, rattled off earlier. Uh, the detail in the costumes, though. Are stunning. Stunning, yeah, by Linda Mayer. Mm. You have to instantly be able to identify all the separate cultures and traditions in this film. And yeah. I think she, the designer, did a fantastic job on yeah. that. She did extensive research. There's all these notes about what, mm. what she uh, lent into. And apparently there isn't a lot of material out there to draw from because, you know, records weren't kept until years and years mm. and years after this period. There's no complete version of a costume or a look yeah. or what a village might have worn at the time. So she was being inspired by fragments of things, yeah. uh, a lot of reading rather than visual material. So that's challenging in, in any job. But in terms of a costume designer to mm. realise the look of a film – She's done a she's done a really good job, and I felt like it was real. Yeah. It felt real. It did to me absolutely. In my limited knowledge of Scandinavian wear, <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> no, I did like the clasps on on the brooches on mm. on the big wool shawls and the linen outfits. It just it seemed really really accurate and looked beautiful. Yeah. Do you know what we haven't talked about? Oh. I, I just want to go back a second. We've got to talk yeah. about Willem Dafoe. Yes, okay. Okay. Yeah. He's great, isn't he, in he's, everything? Yeah, In this one great. he plays the sort of court jester. Jester, yeah. Also a shaman of sorts. Yeah, because he, he initiates a particular ritual between <laughs> the king Ethan, played by Ethan Hawke, yeah. and a young Amleth. Wait, why did you giggle about that? The ritual. I just yeah. thought the ritual was quite funny. It's this like becoming a man ritual. I, sure. I don't think it's a spoiler or anything, but no. – they get down on their hands and knees and they, they drink like dogs and they're releasing their inner wolf. And and the way to do that was a big burp. Show me you're a man, big belch. And then, and then to the I'll sun, show me you're a man. And he does this massive fart. <laughs> I mean, can relate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this idea of like toxic masculinity yeah. that just – it's kind of uncomfortable to watch and you think, oh, God. Well, I remember the day I became a man. It was a – I let a ripper out. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, Dad, Dad. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I might be a man too. <laughs> oh, this is not the place I expected this episode to go. But here Get we back are. Back on track. Willem oh, Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. He, Two he thumbs was excellent. up. Two thumbs up. That's it. And, you know, he's worked with Eggers before in The Lighthouse. So he, oh, my God, just his face, mm. his ability that he has as an actor to immerse himself in a really interesting, quirky character is just. His forte. Yep, 100%. Oh, do you know what we haven't talked about as well? Hmm. <laughs> I keep forgetting to talk <laughs> this about This episode's things. all over the place. <laughs> the sound, the use of sound in a Robert Eggers movie. My you gosh. Know, the drums, mm. it's so striking. The instruments are very authentic too. They tried to use authentic horsehair, like string oh, instruments okay. and things. Yeah. There's lots of beating drums and yes. chanting and, as I said, you know, growling and grunting and, mm. and it just builds the tension in these scenes. It just keeps building and building and building and then all of a sudden it just stops mm. and you get that silence. Yeah. That's so Robert Eggers. Like the silence in this episode right now. Let's <laughs> bask in the silence. Now, the soundscape is extraordinary and you've got it. What, is the Jumanji game <laughs> opening up? <laughs> I digress. I yeah, hate the, you. Uh, sorry. Um, oh, I love you. Uh, the 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 foreboding opening left a mark on me because it, yeah. it, it really played in all those layers of soundscape that you touched on, mm. including the rain as well, which is another huge sound yeah. layer of this movie. Um, it sets you up for what to expect in a negus mm-hmm. film, and certainly mm-hmm. this one. Also, the Valkyrie. There's a yes. scene in this film. We don't give, want to give too much away where Valkyrie is involved, and mm. there's images out there. Of her, yes. beautiful like white, white hair, white eyes, almost 
very different to King Valkyrie from the Marvel films. <laughs> Slightly different. <laughs> Tessa Thompson does not look like that. No, but gorgeous. Just really, really gorgeous, really striking and just felt very, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like thrilling. Ooh, yeah. Yes, I wanted more of those moments too. Yeah. They hooked me in every time, especially when Bajork, she plays a, a small role in this movie as some sort of like witch character yeah. who reminds Almeth of his fate because he's an adult now and he's kind of forgotten what he's meant to do, which is avenge his father, rescue his mother and kill his uncle. Mm. And I, I just loved that supernatural layer to this film. So yeah. I, w- I wish they delved more into it because I wasn't expecting I enjoyed it every time. Yeah. Shall we wrap up our review of The Northman? Yeah, let's give it a go. So as we've said, this is Robert Eggers' most accessible film to date, but that also means it feels watered down somewhat by studio interference to appeal to a wider audience, but that was maybe the intention. Mm. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it does take something away, I think, from an otherwise bold film. So much care and detail has been put into the incredible world building, but it's also uneven in storytelling and character development. Having said that, overall, The Northman is intense, entertaining and just visually stunning. I'm going to give it three and a half popcorn kernels out of five. Great wrap up. Well, for me, The Northman is a fully immersive, fascinating and brutal take on Viking mythology. Eggers has proven that his intimate way of filmmaking can still be achieved even when playing with a bigger budget and larger scale project as this one. Visually, this film is flawless and you will be hard not to be mesmerised by its haunting beauty and visceral action however a tad too long due to some pacing issues at large which we've discussed and it isn't a film for everyone but there is much to admire about the ambitious nature and impact of this film i'm also going to rate the northman three and a half popcorn kernels there you have it guys the northman is in australian cinemas from april 21st lee so we're going to kick things off with the god of thunder this week as The Thor Love and Thunder teaser dropped with some big reveals in only a 90-second teaser. Yeah, Mm. so in his fourth solo MCU film, Thor, Chris Hemsworth, of course, finds himself on a quest for inner peace, but his retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale. Which we didn't get a look at in this trailer, which I was really upset about. Well, they want to keep that hidden, don't they? Fair enough. Gore, the god butcher, seeks the extinction of the gods. And to combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, Korg, played by Taika Waititi, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, who, to Thor's surprise and our excitement, Mm. wields his magical hammer. So my next question is, what did you think of the trailer and the epic sneak peeks? Now, do we want to start in the look at Natalie Portman as Lady Thor? Did you see her guns? Yes, I did. Jeez. And I ducked for cover. Amazing. She She looks looks so good. So good. good. Are you surprised that they gave us a tease on Lady Thor in the first look? No, because we knew that's where it was going. True. I think that was quite obvious. Uh, The story behind why... Is unknown. Yeah. I mean, in the comics, it's got to do with her... Um, she has cancer, cancer she? I believe, yeah, and she's yeah. undergoing chemotherapy. But when she picks up the hammer, uh, she becomes strong, but it also purges all the chemo from her body, which means she becomes sicker when she's not Thor. Jesus. That makes sense. So I don't know if they're going to go down that route. It sounds complicated. Yeah, it always is. <laughs> True. As this as this MCU goes on and on, things become more and more complicated. And oh my yeah. god, when Doctor Strange comes out in a couple of weeks. It's just going to blow everything wide open. I think I'm going to need a lobotomy after that. <laughs> just have a feeling. So Thor Love and Thunder is coming to Australian cinemas from July 7, 
just around the corner. Just around the corner. Nally, I'm really excited to chat to you about this because we got an insane look behind the training regime required for Top Gun Maverick. Why are you dancing in my peripherals? I love I've it. have got the theme in my head now. <laughs> oh, keep it in your head. Uh, so this week we got this uh, look behind the scenes. And boy, oh boy, did these actors have to endure a lot. So mm. in a featurette shared by Paramount Pictures, Tom Cruise said he was waiting until technology evolved so we could delve deeper into the experience of a fighter pilot. Now, talk us through this. Well, you would expect nothing less from a Tom Cruise film. He's Absolutely. making everyone go through the training regimen that he goes through. He expects mm-hmm. everyone to keep up. God forbid you don't if you don't. <laughs> exactly. Keep up. So the actors underwent three months of grueling training with the production working with the Navy and the Top Gun School to formulate how to shoot things practically. Which is a huge draw card for this sequel because a mm. lot of the original film from 1986 was, you know, green screen and yada yada. Yeah, yeah. So the big point of difference here is that they're actually in the air, in the aircraft, yes. which is amazing. So the cast also went through a challenging underwater program and an intense schedule of experiencing different aircraft to get a feel for their surrounding space and speed when flying, like eight Gs or some crazy <laughs> shit yeah, like that. Nuts. So fascinatingly, all the actors had to run their own cameras and direct themselves essentially while they were in the aircraft. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's not much you can do, is that your face is just like... <laughs> I mean... You know what it's like when you accidentally FaceTime someone and you've got your double chin. And it's like, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure to get those angles right up there. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> so Top Gun, Maverick, mm, yes. is in Australian cinemas very, very soon. May 26. Not long to wait now. <sighs> Are you, how, you're excited. I'm very excited. What, what are you on the Richter scale? Oh, like 11 out of 10. Do you know when when you hear that in the trailer? I've seen a few movies this week, <laughs> as we do every week. <laughs> And uh, the trailer is in, in front of most of the movies. Yeah. And, yeah, just when you hear that, you know, that like that that noise, it, just, yes. it gives you goosebumps. The hair on my arm stands up and I'm just like, yes. Oh, gosh, Can't I wait. cannot wait. All right, Lee, so romantic drama It's All Coming Back to Me, starring and featuring the music of Celine Dion, has set a release date for February of 2023. Yeah, so the film stars Priyanka Chopra Jonas as a woman struggling to move on from the death of her fiancé. To cope, she begins sending messages to his old phone number, which has been reassigned to a new man played by Sam Hewen. The two meet and develop a connection based on shared heartbreak. Gosh, what a really interesting but Mm. awful premise. Like, this is sad. This sounds sad. So Celine Dion will co-star as herself in the role of a mentor figure who inspires the two main characters to fall in love. I'm surprised that it's taken this long for us to get a film based on Celine Dion's music. Well, I mean, we got Aline. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, Uh, we've had one for Dolly Parton, didn't we? Is that a Christmas film? Mariah Carey, we've had one for Mariah Carey too. Well, it's just Celine's time. Yeah, hopefully hers is better than <laughs> the ones we've had before. I mean, well, ABBA, Mamma Mia. But they've, they've had two now. Yeah. It's just rude. Yeah. Open up the playing field for Celine. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. February, obviously around Valentine's Day, so it's it's a good marketing yeah. decision there. So filming has begun on M. Night Shyamalan's 15th feature film called wow. Knock at the Cabin, and the director shared this on his social media accounts. Of course, plot details will be kept well under wraps. You don't want to know too much about his films beforehand. Uh, there's really no point going no. in knowing what's going to happen with an M. Night Shyamalan film. But the cast includes Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Dave Bautista, Rupert Grint and Nikki Amuka Bird. Yeah, interesting cast there. It is. It's very, uh, yeah, mm. well-rounded cast. Mm. 
Hype man woo girl Vin Diesel is at it again. He revealed the Fast 10 logo on his Instagram account this week as production has also begun on his new film in the wildly successful franchise. Now, the logo shows a big, bright X behind the text, Fast no surprise there, really, mm-hmm. uh, but it's exciting to learn the family are back together filming the first part of a two-part finale with a few new additions to the cast recently announced, including Jason Momoa. I think he's playing the villain, right? Is that what they said? Well, possibly because John Cena's gone over to the other side now, hasn't he? John Cena! <laughs> uh, and then also Brie Larson uh, has recently joined the cast. So yeah. Fast 10 is expected in Australian cinemas in April of next year. The cast for these movies just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, doesn't it? Yeah. They bring everyone along for the ride. Everyone's part of the family. They're just constantly trying to replace The Rock. <laughs> he is irreplaceable. Yes. Oh, what a shame. I wonder if they'll ever get Jason Statham back too. Oh, that is a good question. Maybe that's going to be a, a wee surprise in this one. Mm. Watch our space. Speaking of Jason Momoa, he is in talks to star in the live-action Minecraft movie from Warner Brothers. There's no word on what his role will entail at this stage or how the film will be adapted for the big screen, but watch this space. Now, for those playing at home, Minecraft is the most popular video game of all time, Mm. with sales of 238 million copies to date. Players of the game create their own 3D worlds and use colourful blocks by mining materials and crafting items. Have you ever played it? Absolutely not. No, it's a bit of a kids game, isn't it? I've watched my nephews play it. Yeah, it's big with the kids. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. I just don't know how they're going to adapt that to a fucking movie. Well, I mean, how are we getting the Play-Doh movie? How did we get the Emoji movie? (laughs) The Angry Birds movie. (laughs) Angry Birds was actually quite fun, though. I I only saw the sequel. And that was animated. So, is this going to be animated? No, live action. We said live action. Yeah, live action. Literally just said live action, Lee. Pay attention to your own notes. All right, on to Australian soil here. What have we got with Mr. Baz Luhrmann? Mr. Baz Luhrmann and the cast of Elvis are bringing Graceland to the Gold Coast for the Australian premiere of Elvis on June 4. That's right. Luhrmann, who was the writer, director and producer of the film, will be joined by stars Austin Butler and Olivia de Jong at Event Cinema's Pacific Fair only days after its anticipated world premiere at Cannes. Oh, this is so exciting. In a statement about the announcement, Lohman said, there's simply no way we could premiere this film anywhere else in Australia but the Gold Coast, or as we have come to know it, the Goldie. Not only did we shoot the film there, but with the support of local council and government, we were able to complete almost all of the post-production there as well. Doesn't that just warm your heart? It does. Go Aussies. We giving Hollywood a run for their money. We are. We really are at the moment. Yeah, we really are. It's amazing. And just wait until Russell Crowe's facility opens up and gets running full steam. It's just, it's going to be crazy. On your rusty. Yeah. So Elvis explores the life and music of Elvis Presley, of course, played by Butler, seen through the prism of his complicated relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, played by Tom Hanks. Mm. I'm not sure Tom Hanks is coming uh, he's not the listed there. I mean, last time he came, he got COVID. <laughs> so I yeah. can understand he's not. He was ground zero for the celebrities. celebrities. Yeah. yeah, him and his wife, Rita Wilson, Poor got things. it. Yeah. So the story of Elvis in this film spans 20 years from Presley's rise to fame to unprecedented stardom set against the evolving cultural landscape of America at the time. And central to that journey is one of the most significant people in Elvis's life, Priscilla Presley. 
played by Olivia de Jong. Gosh, the headline of this news is that we don't have to wait long. We yep. also don't have to wait long for Elvis, which is expected to hit Australian cinemas from June 23. The summer season in the Northern Hemisphere slash the winter season here is going to be phenomenal this year. Oh, my God. Just amazing. So many great films. God, we are going to keep very busy. We are. No two weeks off for us this year. <laughs> wait, is that a small stab at me for taking a week off recently? <laughs> Love to have you back. <laughs> thank you, Lee. Well, we love that you are listening and thank you for listening to our episode yes. of The Northman, uh, which is in Australian cinemas right now. Go check it out if you're interested in Viking culture or want to learn something new. That's it, Lee. Anything yeah. else? No, I think you've wrapped it up nicely there, Timmy. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. We are now on YouTube, guys, where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single one. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.